This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. Make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. And as my good friend John Smoltz says, everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers. So check out The Rope Trainer today. Again, the wonderful device, tool, training aid, whatever you want to call it, uh, developed by my good friends Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, and all the gang over at The Rope Trainer, designed specifically to help, uh, I, I want to say kids, but it's really uh, baseball players of all ages, softball players now, too, as they have the the new softball aid as well. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, just designed to try to keep those young arms safe and, and healthy. Uh, again, uh, you can find out so much more information about it at theropetrainer.com, and we do appreciate their continued support of the show. Um, we'll hear a little bit later from my good friend Kurt McNabb as he brings you the rope report each week brought to you by the Rope Trainer. So i um, very excited about that. Um, going to talk a little bit this show about a topic that's uh, um, – I, it comes up every year. I don't know why. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know why it's been brought to my attention a little more this year. I, I think the reasoning is is I have a friend that I coached with whose son was actually two years younger than our boys. And um, so he's in his last year of coaching before his son goes to high school. And he said he did something this weekend for the first time ever, and he had some mixed feelings about what he did, and he actually confided in me and talked to me a little bit about it, wanted my advice, and, you know, as I always say, I can tell you what I think, but, you know, I don't know that there's ever any exact way to do anything, but it was an interesting topic, and it's funny how sometimes when somebody talks to you about something, when you're on social media or you're reading articles or you're doing things, it seems like something that you haven't thought that much about recently or maybe over a shorter or longer period of time it's funny how you don't think about it, but then all of a sudden somebody brings it up to you and you start seeing it in all types of things. And um, the question posed today is um, to bat the roster or not. And um, I've talked about this a couple different times on the show because it was a good friend of mine that had an interesting opinion about, uh, you know, select ball, travel ball, it's you know, little league, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, basically – for lack of a better description, when you have 11 kids or you have 12 kids or 10 kids or 13 kids, whatever it is, basically you bat 13 or 12 or 11, and then you rotate guys in and out of the game, um, as opposed to, obviously, um, batting nine. And if you had 12, that means, you know, three kids would start on the bench and you'd either work them in or they'd do whatever. So um, really interesting um, topic that has – uh, a lot of different thoughts and opinions on it, and I think the prevailing thought across the board, you know, people listening right now are probably going, well, Jim, this is silly. It's it's real simple. You just bat them all because, you know, Jim, all the time you say, look, we're developing. We're developing. So, why, you know, winning's great, but winning's not everything, so why wouldn't you do it? And um, I'm going to give you my thoughts on it because, listen, I get that, right? I'm with you. I kind of feel the way. That's why I'm. T- that's why I'm pulled in two different directions. And I'll give you my thoughts on it, and and a little bit of the background of the conversation that we had, and some of the some of the thought process that goes into it. I I, I got to tell you though, this is going to be one of those topics where, regardless of the answer, and regardless of which 
um, side of the aisle you you kind of gravitate to with this question. This is where manager, you know, I mean, I don't know many little league or youth select managers are getting paid, but this is where managers make their money, right? Because I don't know that there is an exact right way to do it. I do know how it should be handled, and we'll talk about that as well. But um, again, it's an interesting topic, and I think, you know, like I said, I, my, my guess is much like myself, at the very beginning, most people are probably like, well, Jim, this is kind of a silly topic because it's an easy answer. Everybody bats. I mean, it's but we're going to talk about it and, and i'd be curious to get your thoughts um again i love the the feedback because those are the conversations that help us all grow and help us get smarter and you guys are, are great about that so i think this one's going to be interesting and i think we're going to have a, an interesting discussion over the next week with people sending in notes so again i'm excited about it um, before we do that let's remind you we are youth baseball talk and you can learn all about about us at youthbaseballtalk.com multiple things you can do at our website. You may be listening to the show through there. Uh, the most important thing you can do is subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe in, in numerous ways. You just simply go to two, go to youthbaseballtalk.com, click on subscribe to the podcast, and, and you can choose which way you want to subscribe. And very easy to do. It takes no time, and it's absolutely free. The one thing you can do there that absolutely helps us keep the show on the air is do your shopping through Amazon. You simply click the Amazon banner, buy whatever it is. It doesn't cost you anything. You're done with us once you click Amazon. Uh, we've got a lot of people doing that to help support the show. Um, you know, people are shopping on Amazon more and more every day. Heck, now they even deliver right to your car, which is interesting. Um, but again, a lot of people are doing it, and we appreciate it, and it does help us. You know, we have to pay producers and things, so we appreciate it greatly. Um, you know, a lot of people are using our website, just like Netflix. They're going back and listening to past episodes, and um, you can absolutely do that. I mean, we're we're deep into this thing, four years running, so there's tons of episodes out there. For everybody to listen to and, and go back and you can pick and choose based on the based on the titles or in the descriptions you can probably find some things that might apply to a situation you're going through or just something that's interesting i've had some great people on the show so i hope you enjoy those as well um you know social media is a, a very important tool for us to stay in contact with with all of our listeners and all the people out in the baseball world um uh, we've never bought a follower we're proud to say that we're approaching ten thousand followers on twitter Simple. If you're involved in baseball, we're going to follow you back. You can find us at Podcast Baseball on Instagram. It's Youth Baseball Talk. Uh, the big ask, though, is go to Facebook, type in Youth Baseball Talk, like our Facebook page, click invite your friends, invite anybody you know that's involved in the game of youth baseball. We'd love them to join in and be part of the discussion. And Facebook's a, a great way to do that and track it pretty easy. So um, great things as always. Special thanks to lineupmedia.fm. They're the fastest growing podcast company on the planet. But also a home to the newest internet radio station, Yo Radio. Um, internet radio stations are, are you know, are, are kind of all over now, and people really enjoy them because you can kind of pick and choose what you want to listen to based on your style of music. Well, they take your entertainment time very seriously there. So, check out Yo Radio. Go to the App Store. It's absolutely free. You'll want to you'll want to hop on board today. Um, let me know what you think of Yo Radio. I've been listening to it. I love it. And um, again, it's just a great way to listen to to the music that you want to listen to. Um, you know. Uh, Producers, you know, that everybody has them. I, I can't say enough about mine. Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, they do so much work behind the scenes and, you know, putting the show together. We have all the segments and things like that that, that really make the show. So I appreciate them all greatly, and I, and I can't tell you how much I, I do, uh, do want to thank them on air and make sure they know I appreciate it. Um, going to start off this week with uh, with a segment from my man over at EliteBaseball.tv. They do such a great job, and um, again, I've been following Justin for a long, long time, and you know, as he develops into one of the premier guys in the world, 
Um, there's no secret. If you follow him at all, you're, you're going to see for yourself exactly what's going on with him and why he's one of the best in the world. He's, he's knee-deep in this thing. He's always learning. He's always getting educated. And the best in the game are asking his opinion. So I would pay attention to what they have to say. That's EliteBaseball.tv. Let's hear what they have for us this week on their EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Take it away, fellas. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here with EliteBaseball.tv. And it never fails this time of year. I have parents usually coming to me in some sort of a panic mode and saying, my son is only hitting weak ground balls or my daughter is rolling every pitch over. And that is probably the most common swing flaw that comes into me from the outside. Yeah, everybody that comes in says, yeah, I want to get more power in my swing. But if we have to pinpoint a flaw, it's the dreaded rollover. So I'm going to give you today the top three reasons why players tend to roll the bat through the strike zone and hit weak ground balls to the pole side. Number one, and you've heard me talk about this a great deal of times if you've ever heard me talk about mechanics in the swing, getting into and maintaining a good scapular load. That's a fancy way of saying when I get to my foot down position, the rear elbow needs to be pulled back and pinched to my spine. In most cases, you'll see the rear elbow will be elevated. And I remember when I was a kid, and everybody my age here will remember this, our coaches said, get your back elbow up to start your stance, which isn't necessary, but you will find by the time the player gets to the foot down position, in most cases, the rear elbow will be elevated. Why is this important? It's because this backside upper body load is what controls the front shoulder. So if I don't get into or maintain this upper body load on the backside, the front shoulder is gonna open early as a result. The counteraction of that is my arms get away from me early in the swing because of it, and the only thing to do is to cut the back back through the zone off of my front hip, and there you have it, there's the rollover. Number two, poor timing, meaning my upper body load is rushed. The body sequences the loading mechanism from the ground up just like it should unwind the same way from the ground up. So if I end up going too fast in my striding mechanism, usually because I start too late, if the ball is already out of the pitcher's hand and the player hasn't started their forward advance, the last piece to load is the upper body, the scap load, and they're gonna run out of time to do it. So if I don't have time to do it, of course the rear elbow is not gonna be in its pinched position and the front shoulder is going to open up as a consequence, and we get back to the hands getting away from the body and casting and back off the front hip. So number two, starting late and rushing the timing mechanism, leaving out the upper body load simply because we run out of time. And third, not getting into ground force, not using my legs to get strong into the ground. In everything we do in sports, we hear coaches talk about get into an athletic position. That means our knees are bent. But in that athletic position, we need to feel the quads, the glutes, and the hamstrings all firing, which is a fairly wide and deep position in the lower body. If we're doing that, we're creating good tension, and the legs are likely to fire first. If we don't land in a strong hitting position, my upper body is going to recruit power because we know we have to swing the bat fast or hard. So if my legs aren't doing the job, the body recruits from somewhere else. We're going to use the next biggest muscle groups of the body. We're going to use the upper body. And when the upper body gets involved first in the swing, the same thing is going to happen. The shoulders are going to pull off early, and the bat gets away from me, causing the rollover. So the third piece is not getting into good ground force. 
So if you look at one of those three cause areas for the rollover, I bet you're going to find one of those will apply to the player that you see that has this happening time and time again. An easy way to sort this out without having to pinpoint it yourself is just come to EliteBaseball.tv's drill filter. This is why we created this resource. It's for this time of year. You have a perceived flaw, you click on it, and it's going to give you why this is happening to your player, as well as all the drills to fix it. It takes all the guesswork out of it. So check that out at EliteBaseball.tv today. I feel like it's one of the best resources that we have for hitting, and we call it our interactive drill filter. Until next time, Jim, this is Justin Stone, and we'll see you on the field. Great stuff. Uh, tremendous. Again, uh, check it out, EliteBaseball.tv. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who just started using the uh, – the, the, the system they have where he sends videos in for his kid to learn to ingest and analyze it and talks to him and tries to work with him. Good stuff, man. Uh, the, you know, we're in a day and age now where you can get help from just about anywhere, so make sure you're doing it with the right people. Um, okay, so our question this week um, that, uh, again, um, you know, is, is, is an interesting one. Uh, you know, I had a friend who's uh, – I'll give you the background on where my first – dealing with this question was uh, I had a friend whose boys had played select baseball and they kind of gravitated towards golf and got out of baseball and um, we were talking about it and he had said some things about um, about his experiences and things that he did and he was involved in it so you know he wasn't knocking it he just said that there was a lot of things he saw out there that he just wasn't sure about and things that were interested in um, you know he never really bad mouthed or had anything negative to say and he kind of jumped in on a conversation one time that we were talking about. Um, we were talking about high school kids, and it, I, you know, I can tell you exactly when it was. It was when my son was a freshman, and um, I had, think I had said something to the effect of, "You know, you show up to your son's first freshman game, and you know, in our town, you know, baseball's a big deal. They keep right around twenty to twenty-two freshmen on the baseball team, and you know, typically what happens with the freshman team is there's an A team and a B team." And every year, the first game you play is a doubleheader against a really good school. Well, you find out real quick who's on the, who they believe to be an A player and a B player because the A team plays the first game, and you know, unfortunately, it's pretty obvious the second game, you know, the 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 level of play, so to speak. And again, it's not dramatic, but it's noticeable. Um, so. I kind of talked about it, and I had mentioned to him that it had just happened, and I said, you know, you should have seen the – it's one thing the kids, like, you know, you're not dumb. You're not oblivious to it, especially if you coached, and, and you coach some of the kids. Um, you kind of sit off to the sidelines, and, and you kind of watch, and you see the kids' reactions when they're sitting the bench. Ultimately, for some of them, the first time ever coming to a baseball game and not playing, not batting, not switching in. and not, even, if, even if they played on a team and they were the 13th player on a 13-man roster and they batted last in the lineup and they went in and out, you know, let's talk about those bad scenarios that everybody thinks, oh, well, all they do is put him in and out of left field and he bats last, you know. Um, not even that. You know, sit the bench the whole first game and watch nine other kids play baseball. Um, I had kind of told I, I was kind of saying to him, kind of off co- off the collar, off the cuff. Yeah, man. I mean, watching some of these kids was one thing, but man, watching their parents was f- unbelievable. He's like, well, "What do you mean?" And I told him, I said, "You know, some of these parents are like, you know, well, you know, wanting to give you their stats from last year and how they played with this kid all these years, and their kid was always uh, out hit him every year, or." You know, their kid played shortstop on this team, but for some reason here he's an outfielder or 
are they if they think he's just going to be a pitcher I'm not going to do you know you start hearing all that stuff and I was telling him about it and he looked at me and he said well you know where that comes from and I said I guess people thinking they're better than they are and he goes no it comes from you and I said what and he goes guys like you and I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Hang on a minute. I, the one thing I've never done is lied to a kid or a parent and made them believe they were something they weren't. And he goes, that's not what I'm talking about. So what I'm talking about is how long have you been coaching? And, I, you know, he was, he was basically asking me questions that we already knew the answers to. His ultimate thing was, yeah, and how many times did you have kids show up and them not play and have to go in a game and earn time? And I said, well, let me combat you a little bit because I always felt like my kids earned time because they worked really hard in practice and we did this. He goes, okay, I I understand that. But basically what you taught these kids over years was I'd show up and I'd play. He goes, you you really could have done it a variety of ways. You could have just had them all take turns sitting and then they would have realized you don't play in every game you go to. Now, for some kids, maybe they do. For a very select few. But most kids at some juncture when they get to high school are going to sit a game or two, or three, or four, or five, or whatever it is. So I started thinking about it, and he, you know, we really didn't get into a full-blown argument about it, but he just said, he, and, and I asked him, I said, you know, well, what do you think? He goes, well, you know, as our kids got older, we started batting nine, and kids working in and out, and if it, you know, and, and it's like anything else, you know, you've got, you've got about five kids that are really, really good, and they play all the time, and then you're working three other positions in and out, and if you want to play, keep it going, and da-da-da-da-da. The one thing we know about baseball, right, is that if you do that and you're consistent as a coach, you know, struggles are going to find every kid eventually. So if you're consistent, and when a kid's struggling, you sit him a game and play somebody else, everybody's going to play, right? It's not like the same kid's going to sit the bench every game unless you're that guy, right? So I got to thinking about it, and I thought, man, this is interesting. It made me question, are we doing the right thing? Because, uh, you know, the thing is, it's coming where they will 100% earn their time. Now, the funny thing about this is there's some parents going, well, that's not true because when they get to high school, it's politics. No, it's not. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. It's not. Listen, my guess is when it comes to the last few kids that make a team, it's at, yeah, you can call it politics, you can call it whatever. I call it coaches that say, unfortunately, you know, I'm going to keep this many kids. A few of them probably will never play meaningful innings at the varsity level. So guess what? I'm going to keep good kids that work hard, that come in here, don't make trouble, and their parents are good and they're willing to work and they're just happy to be a part of the program versus keeping a couple of kids that have unreal expectations and are not unreal expectations, but are going to cause trouble because at the end of the day, um, you know, it just is what it is. So lots of, lots of ways to look at that. But the thing is, um, I used to argue that, of course, you bat the lineup because, you know, we're developing. Well, how's a kid going to develop? And this is what I told him that night. I remember I said, well, how's a kid supposed to get any better if he doesn't play? And he goes, so you're telling me a kid, you know, there's not practice. It doesn't help a kid to know that, hey, I'm not playing. I got to work harder. I got to do this. I got to do that. Um, Blah, 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 blah. He goes, so you're telling me none of that, none of that helps him become better. And I said, well, you might be onto something here. You know, I wonder if, you know, I think about, you know, I think about a few things with my own son. And I wonder if that, if there were times you know, I was hard on him. You know, I, I I always say coaches' kids get held to a different standard, and I pro- and I always held my kids to a higher standard than I did the other kids, and it was wrong. And I know why I did it. I always did it because I never wanted people to say that I played favorites with my own kids, so I probably went overboard. 
That being said, I think about the times that I took him out of games or I did this or I did that or whatever, but he always played some. You know, he always, you know, started and then came out if I felt like he was doing this or batted it, but they always batted, always played. So, you know, you kind of wonder what the what the end game is um, across the board. So, again, I it's, a, it's an interesting question because, you know, would it change the dynamic? Would kids work harder if they 100% had to earn it? On the flip side, if kids just weren't good enough, would they just quit and give up rather than – man, I, this is a tough one. Somebody asked me, so this is all coming about because this this friend of mine that I coached with said he did it for the first time this weekend. He goes, man, I was going to pick your brain on this. And I said, well, I don't, I don't know how much help I'm going to be because this I don't know that there's a right answer here. And he said, well, I got to tell you, he goes, I did it. And driving all the way home from there, man, I, I felt bad about it. And I felt like it was the wrong thing to do. And I said, well, there's your answer. You know, now. Is it right or wrong? That I don't I, – I, I can't answer that. But most of the time when it comes to people dealing with situations like this, I always ask them, number one, as a coach, you got to wake up with yourself the next day. Unfortunately, this situation probably goes back to how was it described and how was it explained to everybody in the beginning. See, it's kind of hard – to do something for so many years and then all of a sudden, without telling anybody, just say all of a sudden we're going to bat nine. This is, and again, this shouldn't matter, but it does because it's life. This is after they've paid their money, worked the fundraisers, came to all the practices under the same premise that you were going to do things. Now, my guess is, and I'm pretty sure of it, in fact, I'm positive of it, there are organizations out there that say, hey, listen, if we feel at any now, now there's some organizations say we're only going to bat nine. There are some organizations I'm sure that say if at any time we feel like kids are not putting in the work to earn the opportunity to play, they'll sit. I have no issue with any of these things, especially th- with those types of situations. I even have more, uh, ba- I, I even back it more because they were up front from the beginning. You knew the dynamic going in. I even say to some degree that looking back. I'm not quite sure if I would have showed up with my kids somewhere to try out and they told me that if at first I would have been like, well, we're, I mean, I guess I'd have been confident in my kid, but I guess I would have thought, well, if he goes through struggles, they still want to play. So maybe I wouldn't have even participated. I don't know. But if you know it going in, you don't really have a complaint. But at the end of the day, is this about complaining or about what's right for the kid? So this is a tough one. This is interesting. I'm going to really be curious to get everybody's feedback on this because this is an interesting topic. I don't have I don't know that I have the right answer here. I well number one, I always say I, my opinions are not the end all here, right? I mean, I try to use as much common sense as possible. This one here, at first, and that's the that's the hard part here. At first you there's a there's a feeling of common sense that says, well it's simple. It's baseball. They're kids. You got 11 kids, you bat all 11 and you play them. It's baseball, right? It sounds so easy to say, well, this is easy. I mean, they're just kids. They're just playing baseball. But are we doing them a disservice? That's the tough part of this. Are we, in, in our effort to do what we think is the right thing, are we actually doing the wrong thing? You know, the, 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 you know this conundrum, so to speak, it's, there's a lot of things in this. I, you know, I, you can apply it to numerous things. Using hot bats for kids when they're young, does it really 
I mean, what's the purpose? What's it do? Is does it ultimately hurt them? Is it a false positive? I, you know, lots of things like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, here's what I'll say. This is interestingly enough. This is a, a question or a topic or a situation that, quite frankly, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to address this, is going to end with an answer that probably fits what you want, right? And I hate to say this, but I think there's going to be, like, I apply the 20-60-20 rule to everything, right? So if you look across the, the, the baseball landscape, okay, most baseball teams are built this way. You got 20% of the kids are really good, 60% are good, and 20%, you know, they're there for a variety of reasons, and they you're hoping they can get better or they haven't progressed or whatever. It's the 20-60-20 that applies to all aspects of life, work, team, everything. It just is there. Now, there are outliers, right? But it's pretty, pretty, pretty close, right? So my guess is is that the twenty percent on the high end, the majority of them would be like, well, yeah, I mean, if if you think it's a good idea, go ahead. Uh, the sixty percent in the middle are probably like, well, you know, yeah, it's probably. But there's, I guarantee, a few of them going, you know, I'm in that sixty percent, but it's my kid's towards the bottom of that sixty, and he may be one of the ones coming out a little more often. The 20% at the bottom absolutely hate it because they know their kid's the one in and out. So, again, you know, I'm not saying there aren't people whose kids are the best player on the team and they're probably like, oh, this is stupid. Just play them all. Who cares? They're out there, right? I'm talking about across the board, right? There's just like there, I'm sure there are some whose kids are in the bottom 20 going, no, I like this idea. Maybe if you take my son's. Uh, given playing time away from him, it'll make him work harder to try to get better. And if he doesn't want to work harder and try to get better, then this is all a waste of time anyway. Now, waste of time for baseball to me is kind of a real, like, tough, broad quote because what it may really mean is maybe this isn't the kind of baseball for him because if he really doesn't work and he's just here for social hour, we can go over here and play at our own level. See, there's a whole other show about the levels of baseball and how they apply to your son or daughter. So, um, in fact, that may be the next show. But this is an interesting topic. And I guess at the end of the day, it's a question that I can't answer because it's probably different for every kid, every family, every team. But, man, is it an interesting one? And that is, you know, are we doing our kids a disservice by playing them every game regardless of performance, attitude, effort, energy, Willingness to get better. I mean, you can keep going on all the things that should play into why you get playing time. Is the simple answer, well, we're developing them and they're young. Is it that simple? Everybody plays? Is it as simple as, and again, this is the, the you know, you talk about the business side of sports. Is it as simple as, well, I can tell you why. Because it was $1,500 to play on this team. And if you think I'm going to show up when he's 11 years old and watch him sit the bench, you're out of your mind. Is it that simple? Is it as simple as if he doesn't play, how's he going to get any better? I mean, is it as simple as you broke his spirit? Um, you know, all those things. Because, you know, there's some, there's somebody that's going to be on the other side of this that goes, well, yeah, you paid your $1,500, but you knew what you were getting into. There's going to be somebody that says, well, you should want your kid to deal with these life lessons now versus later, and then they're more prepared. You should deal with the, you know, if you think it's just baseball and it's not a big deal and everybody plays, you're in the wrong organization. I mean, there's so many sides to this. 
It's an interesting topic and one that I'm curious to get your thoughts on because, you know, I, I, as I looked my friend in the face, I didn't have a great answer for him, only that the same thing I say to everybody, no matter what the answer is, you, look in the mirror, you have to live with whatever decision you made. So right or wrong, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, why did I make this decision? Did I have the, the kid's best interest at heart or was this a decision made because it was easy? You know, I always go back to to that part, too. You signed up for this. It's not always easy. So interesting. I want to hear your thoughts on this so you can comment back to me and you guys know where to reach me. Um, Again, uh, you know, Jay Cromer at lineupmediagroup.com is the easiest way to make sure I get your guys' emails. You can message me through our social media sites as well. So don't forget those at Podcast Baseball on Twitter, Youth Baseball Talk on Facebook. You know, if you like our Youth youth Baseball Talk, if you like that – uh, that way to communicate is, is really easy. So, again, um, like us on Facebook, Youth Baseball Talk. You can messenger me, messenger me through there, and it's an easy conversation. So, anyway, um, moving on, it's time now to hear from my good friend and yours as uh, the show is brought to you each week, as I mentioned, by our good friends at The Rope Trainer, theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Special thanks, as always, to Earl Perrin and Chris Verna for not only developing an unbelievable training aid that's been scientifically proven to work. Um, now um, they, they go a step further and answer everybody's uh, questions, and that is to provide a guide to show us what the heck to do with it and what we should be doing with baseball. And that's the man, Kurt McNabb. Everybody loves him on the show. They appreciate his, uh, his energy and, and the mental side and the approach that he takes. Let's hear what he's got for us this week on his Rope Report, brought to you by Dirtbag Baseball Nation and, of course, our friends at The Rope Trainer. Hey, hey Dirtbags. Welcome to this week's episode of The Rope Report. As Jim mentioned, I'm Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and I want to thank everyone who called me or wrote me in regards to our show from last week about ways of treating disrespect with respect. I was very excited, but more importantly impressed, to see the comments and feedback in regards to these types of issues that seem to be happening regularly at all levels of the game. You obviously care as much as Jim and I on these inexcusable issues. So, Dirtbags, Keep getting dirty when it comes to ignorant people in this game who seem to have no problem or feel it's their right to disrespect players, coaches, other parents, and umpires. Stand up and do the right thing and let them know that their behavior won't be tolerated and they have a choice. Leave or change their attitude immediately. If you did happen to miss last week's show, I do recommend you definitely listen to it as Jim and I take the gloves off and get a little dirty on these issues. Now, I want to get back to talking about another vital area of building your mindset in order to be in control of your present and your future. I want to talk this week about how we start off with building trust with every single individual player, coach, and parent we work with. Building this trust does take time. It's it's a project, and it's a commitment but it's worth it and it needs to be done. You're probably thinking, we know this, Kirk, so why are you telling us? I'm telling you because I see parents and coaches fail at this routinely. They don't understand it. They don't appreciate the value of it. And it just, it never comes and they lose these players all the time. And it's something that can be done. So please listen. You cannot take this trust for granted because once trust is lost between you and your player, or you and your child, you create doubt and sometimes confusion in their mind. Remember, 
that we are talking about youth athletes that are going through a variety of social issues every day. They're always looking to you as a coach or you as a parent for guidance and mentorship and will trust you until you give them a reason not to be trusted. They may be young, but they're also very smart in that they know and they can tell when you care about them or not. Trust me, now when I say telling them the truth, even when it might hurt their feelings temporarily, holding them accountable for being a good teammate, doing their chores or no baseball, being respectful at all times, and flat out communicating with you may not be what they want to hear, but it is what they need to hear. All right. And sometimes, yeah, it does have to be those type of conversations that they don't want to hear. But trust me, they're going to be, they're going to feel that trust in you and they're going to want to be a part of you and, and they're going to be part of that network because they know you're always going to have their best interest. Okay. Don't fall into the trap of not doing this because then it ultimately backfires on you and you will have no one to blame but yourself. Another huge component in earning and keeping their trust is by communicating regularly with them and being consistent about how you communicate with them as well as the rest of the team. They're always observing. They're watching for these types of things. So you have to be consistent. You have to live by the model that you're expecting them to live by. You will develop a strong, confident player that will have trust in you and will have better personal results because of this trust. I see it happen all the time with the players, coaches, and parents we work with, and that's why I'm stressing this to all of you here on The Rope Report. Speaking of trust, I can't thank Earl from The Rope Trainer and you too, Jim, enough for believing in what we're doing here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, allowing me to be the host of The Rope Report here on Youth Baseball Talk. Braden, Nolan, and I have 100% trust in what you are doing as well, Jim, and all you listeners know we're all in on the rope trainer, or else we wouldn't make it a mandatory part of our throwing programs. It's the only throwing tra training aid out there I recommend using, and you need to have one, just like you need your glove, helmet, bat, and cleats. You can use it outdoors or indoors and year-round to get warmed up before your practices and games as a pitcher or player in general. You need to build it into your pregame routine, as I highly recommend pitchers use it to always stay warmed up during long innings when your team is racking up those runs at your games. It's going to keep you warm, all right, and it prevents you from cooling down and will keep you in a rhythm. The rope is perfect for throwing drills with our younger players or beginners so that they can get the reps in without having to waste time chasing after wild throws and we can make the proper adjustments to the throwing mechanics easily, quickly, and efficiently. The list of ways to be creative with the rope goes on and on. I will say this, though. We have an actual throwing program here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, but the rope can be used with any throwing program you use and believe in. It doesn't have to be ours. I've even sent in a picture for Jim to post here on Youth Baseball Talk for you to be able to read the instructions on how to use the rope properly, warnings of improper use, gripping the rope properly, and the recommended use based on your age. Remember, all this information is from actually proven data analysis that we gather routinely. There is nothing left to speculation or chance. So if you don't already have your own rope trainer, then I recommend you going to 
www.theropetrainer.com right now. Don't forget Dirtbags to enter the code DIRTBAG5, that's Dirtbag and the number 5 at checkout, so that they know you heard about it here on The Rope Report. Remember that you can always contact me directly by emailing me at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. That's info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com or on Facebook and Instagram at dirtbagbaseballnation. For any of the questions you have about the rope, throwing in general, pitching, or inquiring about our mindset program. Now it's time to get up, get after it, and get dirty. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Again, I appreciate everything they do for us, and that's our good friends uh, over at The Rope Trainer, including Kurt McNabb with Dirtbag Baseball Nation. TheRopeTrainer.com, as everyone says, as John Smoltz says, I mean, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check it out today. Time now to hear from my man and yours, Dirk Dombrowski, as he comes to you each week, bringing you the newest newest segment that everybody's really enjoying, and that's PrecisionImpact.ca Training Tip of the Week. Check out PrecisionImpact.ca. They're very streamlined and automated. They outsource all their warehousing and shipping to keep the cost down. Also, they work on very few products. They work on the big, uh, the big ones, the ones that everybody's uh, using and, and, and trying to get better with. And again, I, I say this, you know, by focusing on the, on, the, on the top items, they're able to reconfigure. They're able to take people's uh, advice. So you can contact them. They do offer volume discounts. Schools, colleges, maybe you've got a new facility and you want to stock it. If you want to order enough stuff, they'll work with you on the price. In 2018, they've built a community through Facebook and YouTube channels. Um, you can ask them questions directly. Got a lot of feedback on Dirk's uh, speech. Uh, I had people going, man, I need, I'm need. i going to record that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it. I mean, it was good stuff. I do want to thank them for the extended offer, too, to all of our listeners. When, uh, when you check out, you know, who doesn't want a discount? So when you, uh, when you go to precisionimpact.ca and you make your purchase – when you get to the coupon section, type in Youth Baseball Talk, you're going to receive an additional 10% off. So, uh, again, check out our friends over at PrecisionImpact.ca. Let's hear what our man Dirk has for us this week. Take it away, pal. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Precision Impact. And on today's Impact Rundown, we're going to talk a little bit about college recruitment and or getting to that next level. Something I hear a lot from young athletes or even athletes getting to that age right around high school in their senior years is the importance of recruitment. But it's important not to neglect the huge thing that you need to remember, and that's performing where you are now and not necessarily worrying about the level you're getting to next. Now, I've repeated before in the past that no one's going to take care of your business better than you, but it's important that you're aligned with a program that also has your best interests. A lot of the time, you're going to find that you're missing practices to go to recruitment camps or spending money with programs that guarantee you getting seen. When you got to remember that the key factor is how you're performing on the program or the team that you're in, making sure you're having one of the best seasons possible towards your senior year. Too many people focus more on the recruiting aspect and less about how they're doing that year. Remember that your energy needs to be focused on the field with the team you're at, being making sure you're a leader, a great teammate, and a good ball player all around, and less about making sure you're making contact with some of these schools. You have to remember that when you get in contact with some of these schools, the first person they're likely going to contact is your current coach. That being said, if you're missing practices to go to some college recruitment events, and you're not necessarily committed fully to the team that you're currently in, and that the college you finally reach out to and talk to calls your current coach, and maybe they say you're missing a lot of practices, it's important that you need to to have good relationships with your current coach and trust. 
that you're in a program that has your best interest. And if you produce and show up and commit and buy in to the culture and the program, that they're going to do everything within their power to make contacts. A lot of the time, it's not it's it's the character of who you are, the commitment that you have that are going to make sure these things happen. Remember that the coach is someone you need to communicate to as well. If they have strong desires to go play in college, remember that you have to let your coaches know. You have to talk to the program. You have to let them know so that they can help you get to a better position and make sure that you're doing what's necessary. Also, talk to some of the talk to some friends other old teammates or other people who have gotten to the next level. Maybe they've gone a different route. Talking to them and finding out what it is that they've done to get to that next level is going to be absolutely crucial. As well as making sure that you, the college recruitment and the things that you're doing aren't taking away from your current position. It's important to remember that if you're in grade 9 or grade 10 or your freshman years, their recruitment isn't nearly as important as it is to somebody in their grade 11 or 12 or senior years. Remember that you should be really focusing on harnessing your craft, being mentally tough, being a good character, having a good character, being a good leader. All those types of things in conjunction with having good stats is going to get you recognized a lot more than getting your name out there and putting your name out there and talking to a lot of people excessively. You want to be the finished product or the closest to before you really start selling yourself. Companies don't release products on, on lines or in stores that aren't quite there yet. You're very similar as well as, as an athlete. You don't want to necessarily be contacting schools in your grade nine year when you're not fully developed or when you might not have something to offer quite as valuable as in a year or two when you start developing and growing and, and building muscle. Remember that your focus needs to be on the right part of getting to the next level and that's improving, making sure you're performing and building mental toughness and becoming closer to being, being a really good leader. Those types of things are going to help you get noticed, right? They say that, you know, the people who, who deserve to play at that next level will be playing at that next level. I talk to a lot of my athletes and a lot of them believe that they deserve to be playing at that next level, that they're entitled to it or that they've worked hard enough for it. I remind them that don't just say that you need to play at that next level, but prove you don't belong at this level. So if you're at the midget level or around your grade 12 year and you believe that you deserve to play at the college level, if you prove that you don't belong at the lower levels, coaches will take notice. And then you will have proven in the process that you can handle that next level. But stop worrying about where you need to be and prove that you don't belong where you are now. That goes for the professional level as well. A lot of players, do, you know, feel like they deserve to play at a professional level or independent or minor league systems like that, but they're struggling in their college seasons, right? Prove that at the college level, you can dominate. And that will prove at the very least that you don't belong or that you can handle that level and deserve to be going at the next level. When you're in high school, it's no different. Prove that you can really perform well at that lower level. And then that will sort of reassure teams that you can handle the next level. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns about today's rundown, leave a comment down below. Thanks. Good stuff, good stuff. And again, I appreciate everything they're doing for the show as well. That's precisionimpact.ca. Thank you to Phil. Thank you to Dirk. And again, the crew over there is tremendous. 
Uh, again, ten, an extra additional 10%, guys, when you check out, okay? Additional 10%. I see those balls, those sand balls, those, those mushy balls that you hit that deaden on impact, and they, they, there's so many great uses for those balls. We've used them. I see teams all over the place have them. They're great to use, take swings on the side of the fence, um, teaches the kids, you know, they got to get through the baseball. There's just a lot of good things going on with that. Um, again, I know those guys are really busy at the ABCA. Uh, those are some of the top – uh, training aids and, and types of things that people are using these days. So make sure you check them out, precisionimpact.ca. And, again, special thanks to them for the additional 10% off for all our listeners by simply typing in Youth Baseball Talk in the coupon code upon checkout. It's going to do it for us this week. Again, I want to thank uh, – I'll thank my friend Tim for a- asking me this question a few years ago because it's played in the back of my mind, and I knew someday I'd do a whole episode about it. Um, and, again, to my buddy Bo um, – <laughs> I wish I was more help to you when you asked me the other day what I'd do because the question, the answer is uh, until I was, till I would be forced to be in that position. I guess I was forced to be in that position, and I guess I, you could say I either did what I thought was right or chickened out and just always batted the lineup. I never did it. Um, in fact, my funny story about that is I was at, uh, I took the lineup card out to a semifinal game at a tournament. And it was a good one, and uh, guy walks up to me and says. Uh, just letting you know that I'm batting, I'm not batting the roster, I'm batting nine. And I said, okay. I said, well, well, I'm not. He goes, I don't care. And I go, it's not what I meant. What I meant was, um, is there some sort of rule like we're supposed to d- like tell you? And he goes, no, I was being courteous. And I go, oh. I said, I, I, I didn't know, I, I, I said, I didn't know you could get away with that. He goes, Oh, it's a rule. He goes, I can absolutely get away with it. It's a rule. I said, that's not what I mean. What I mean is I have a feeling if I batted nine, I might not make it to the parking lot after the game. And he goes, oh, no, my parents know the deal. That's what he said. Um, you know, and I'll never forget as we beat them and they left, I thought about the three kids that never saw the field and they got beat by 10 runs and did it really matter. So that was kind of, to be completely honest with you, uh, in the back of my mind, I always felt like we could win or lose batting 11 or batting 9. So, again, I, I, here I am raising another doubtful question about the right and wrong of it. So, I, I just, you know, um, it's a tough one. And I am I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys on this topic. And, again, the easiest ways to reach me, social media, at Podcast Baseball on Twitter, Youth Baseball Talk on Instagram, and, of course, Youth Baseball Talk on Facebook. Special thanks one last time to my friends at lineupmedia.fm and all their continued support. Thanks for checking out Yo! Radio, the newest internet radio station. As soon as the baseball channel's out, Youth Baseball Talk will be proud to be a part of that, along with some of the independent teams that will be doing their stuff, some of the – quality professional baseball shows it's it's going to be a lot of fun you're going to be able to get all your baseball fix in one little touch of the finger so again make sure you check it out yo radio um brian crock andrew allen thanks for all you do for all my uh continued uh support from the influencers justin stone dirk dembrowski uh kurt mcnab i appreciate you guys more than you know this is jim cromer from youth baseball talk i'll see you on the field Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.